Okay, let's open with a word of prayer. Just ask God, the Holy Spirit, to help us learn from the Scriptures today. We thank you, God, that we can be together. We thank you that you have shown yourself to us and you've communicated with us that you knew that we would need help in life and so that you've given us help. I pray that you'd help us to understand uh, the Scripture today and to learn from it, that this would not just be um, an exercise, but this would be something that we would learn from. I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to call this talk today Grounded. Excuse me. All right. I'm going to read Acts chapter 16 and starting in verse 6. I'm going to read from the New Living this morning. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. just want to say I'm really excited because this is one of my top ten favorite stories and we get to talk about it today. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. Say it fast and confidently. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Samothrake. And the next day, we landed at Neapolis. From there, we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside to the city, uh, to a riverbank, where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth, probably Raven's jerseys, (laughs) who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She was baptized along with the other members of her household, and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city was in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. And they were severely beaten, and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains off 
every prisoner, uh, excuse me, the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household, even at that hour of night. The jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. The next morning, the city officials sent to the police to the, tell the jailer, let those men go. So the jailer told Paul, the city officials have said, you and Silas are free to leave, go in peace. But Paul replied, they have publicly beaten us without a trial and put us in prison, and we are Roman citizens. So now they, wanna, uh, they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. Let them come themselves to release us. When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologized to them. Then they brought them out and begged them to leave the city. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. There they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left town. Now, there are a number of things about this, one of my top ten favorite stories, uh, that we won't have time to talk about today. Just I can't, there's not enough time for me to geek out on everything that I think there is to learn from this story. Uh, there is drama, there's action, there's supernatural, like anything that you would pay to come see here in the movie theater, there is in this story. And I think not the least of the lessons for us to learn from this story is that God is still alive, God is still into salvation, God is still into forgiveness of sins, God is still into freedom. That demons are real, and that God is in control. Amen. That believers can access the power of God, and just as James wrote, resist the devil, and he will flee. There's no need for me to be afraid. Now, I'm not going to watch every movie that's about demon possession because I already know it's real, it exists. I've seen it myself, and I've also seen people delivered. Okay? If you are doubting, I completely understand. If you think I'm absolutely la-la, I get it. But travel the world a little bit, go to some other countries, do a little bit of research, you will find that this is still real. Okay? Now, City Bible Church, we believe that God's alive and aware. We also believe that He's in control. We believe, as we prayed last Sunday, that He is available to heal at any time. It doesn't need to be here in church on a Sunday morning. That it can be in your home, on your job place, out in the parking lot, at the Orioles game, wherever. God can heal. God can deliver God's into freedom. Now, by salvation through Jesus Christ, God's into giving us a new life. But that also means a complete change of our existing life. Are you with me? Yeah. Now, I want to zero in on what I've always found to be one of the funniest things about this story. 
You've got to understand, this, the book of Acts is written by whom? Luke. Luke is a doctor. He's not one of the twelve disciples. A lot of people think he is because he also wrote one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke was the one that maybe gave the most care in his writing of accounts of what transpired to be detailed. And that's great for us. It's a great benefit to us. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, this is not the only place in this account of Acts where Luke points out where he's joining them as they travel. There are other times where he's describing what's occurred, but here in verse 11, we see we. A very specific language. You can geek out on the Greek like I do and discover it actually means we, means Luke went with them. What I think is a little bit amusing about that is that when they... They're praying over the girl who's possessed by a demon, stirs up some trouble in the town. Luke kind of steps back and lets Paul and Silas get thrown in jail. (laughs) You can't really escape that part of the story because he doesn't say we were beaten and thrown in jail. He says Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown in jail. So I, I do look forward to conversing one day in heaven with Luke about this because I really wonder if he was just like, well, hey, somebody's got to be able to like sneak them stuff. (laughs) we do know that paul required medical attention luke was a doctor so there may actually have been some practical considerations there as well so i do kind of find that amusing but here we are paul and silas are in jail at midnight now do you notice in the story as well that a couple of times they were seeking to go somewhere and most of the locations that are listed are actually in turkey where ben grew up um, and are locations that you could go to today but they were seeking to go different places, and it says the Lord prevented us, right? And one of the things that we do believe at City Bible Church is that God can speak to you. God's alive and aware, but we are not always alive. We're not always aware of when God is speaking to us. They were aware. They were saying, hey, we want to go over here. God was saying no. That's a part of this story. So, in sales, and I, I, I have had training and management, etc. in sales, one of the things you like to say is let the no guide you to the yes, which is another way of saying buck up, be happy, you'll get the next one. But there's a spiritual principle here as well. You may have heard the phrase, the only truth you possess is that which you live. Now think about it. You can come to a mental agreement, nod your head when you hear spiritual truths on a Sunday or in a small group. But if you're not living them, they're not truths that you actually possess. The truth that God speaks to us and God cares about our involvement and our decisions is a truth that they possessed. Because they heard the voice of God They followed his leading, and they let them know maybe something bigger that they wanted to do. I don't have time to fully develop that. You should chew on that one a little bit. God said no, and so they went somewhere else. Paul has a dream. You know that God can speak to you through dreams? Now, some of you need a small group just for your dreams because your dream's a little crazy. But they they talked about it, right? Paul didn't just say, you notice in this story, Paul didn't say, I have a dream, we're going. No, that's not what happened. He obviously told them about the dream, but they, Paul, Silas, and Luke, decided, okay, that means that we should go. 
The involvement of other people in your life is an important part of the process of learning to hear the voice of God. Some of you need to get a hold of this. <laughs> the involvement of other people in your life is important to the process of you learning to hear the voice of God. Good God-fearing people can confirm, yeah, I do think that's God, or yeah, no, not so much. Because maybe it contradicts scripture, or maybe it contradicts common sense, or maybe it's you've been doing a lot of things that don't make sense lately, or maybe, yeah, that doesn't make common sense, but I do believe that that's the kind of faith-filled thing that God would ask you to do that's not your own imagination. That's really good stuff. Some of it, we really need to grow in this to mature as believers. God cares about your decision-making process. Okay, we don't have time for this. We need to move on. My favorite part of the story, here we are, midnight. Where are they? Grounded. Now, I spent seven and a half years of my life traveling full-time. Somewhere in the million-mile number of flights. I forget that uh, um, I spent over $250,000 on airfare for work. I spent my share time in airports. I was considerably lucky compared to my peers at work at not getting grounded. I did get grounded once in Dallas. No fun. Airport, hotel, not good. Right? Not being able to go where you want to go. Does this make sense to anyone? Am I like, come on, wake up. That's where they are. They're grounded. They got thrown in jail. Why'd they get thrown in jail? Why did they get thrown in jail? The girl was delivered from the demon, and what? They couldn't make their money anymore. Reading, researching, abolition. There's a lot of God-fearing people, actually not the Christian celebrities of the day, but it was actually a lot of normal, everyday, humble, God-fearing people that stood up and said, as Christians, we believe slavery is wrong. That's how abolition started in America. Are you with me? Are you aware that we have slavery today? We have people in sexual slavery. What is the one thing today that regardless of our size as a church that we can do to contribute to the end of sexual slavery in the United States? Stop consuming pornography. Okay? Let's just be real. If we stop doing that, everyone in this room, we will have an effect. Do you know that pornography makes more money than movies, music, and video games combined? And it makes up for more than all of those with all internet traffic. It, it, it actually is more than all other internet traffic combined. There's a reason it exists. Because people, some of us in this room, consume it. That is the functional reason why there is sexual slavery in the United States. Most sexual slavery. Hookers for Jesus is an organization, ministry out of one of our sister churches in Las Vegas, the City Church Las Vegas. Okay, 
we have number of churches that we are connected with that are actively right now rescuing prostitutes. Okay? Freeing people from sexual slavery is something that I believe in. Hello? This girl was in slavery. The girl in this story, people don't like to tell this story, do they? You're talking about, you should have all kind of weird stuff, right? This girl was in slavery. They were making money. And do you know that there are girls in our neighborhood, right here in Hamden, that are being used the same way to hear the voice of demons and to tell people their fortunes? Are we awake as Christians? Are you aware of what's going on around you? It's time for us to just say, hey, I can pray for that. Let's get it on. Now, what happens sometimes when you step out in faith, you get grounded. You want a detour. Sometimes, separate from this story, we get grounded because of dumb stuff we've done. Let's just be real. Let's say a little bit less dramatic. We just did some dumb stuff. We're grounded. Sometimes it is we're facing something that we don't see a way out. I'm facing a medical diagnosis that is conditioned. There's stuff going on in my body that I, no matter what I do, I can't change it. Something's happened. Finances. We lost a house in Portland, okay? We didn't do anything. The market crashed. The value of the house, boom. The loan is $50,000. We didn't do anything to deserve that. Boom. We are grounded. We are detained. There are circumstances in your life, sometimes due to your own fault, sometimes due to no fault of your own, sometimes because you were doing the right thing that can bring you to a place of being grounded. Right? Now, one of the small books that I enjoy that my pastor from Portland wrote is about the delays that we all face. Do you notice, you, we, Luke doesn't write that Paul and Silas were trying to cast the demon out of the jailer. He doesn't write that they were continuing in some form of spiritual warfare and just being spiritual weirdos. Hello? There was a purpose for every prayer that they prayed, and it was not often la-la land. It was very much connected with reality. Are you with me? Paul and Silas, it's midnight. What are they doing? Now, when I get grounded, you know what I do? I complain. (laughs) Hello? Hello? Whether it's I did something dumb and now my life is delayed. Whether it's I made a bad decision and now my life is detoured. Whether it was something bad that's happened to me due to no fault of my own. Whether I did something good and now there's something pushing back against me. Whether it was a good reason or a bad reason. When I get delayed and now I'm parked and there's nothing I can do. You know what I do? I complain. Because somewhere down inside of me is a spoiled brat little boy who's kind of like a basset hound, the only species of dog that will howl while still laying down. <laughs> the basset hound, I can't stand them because they will lay there and complain and not do anything. It can be sitting on attack. It won't get off the tack. It will lay there and complain. Now, I'm sure that no one in this room is like that. But I am. So what are they doing? They are praying and they are what? 
singing, singing hymns. They are detoured. They are stopped. They thought that the purpose was Lydia and her family. And there was a church in Philippi. Read Philippians, right? That did come out of that. And so they saw the potential for what would happen in that city. But now they're delayed. Now they're stopped. We need to learn how to sing. We need to learn how to sing. Oh, Pastor Ben, you're just dramatic. Okay. Oh, Pastor Ben, that's just you. You're a musician. No, I'm really not. Jimmy is a real musician. Chris is a real musician. I'm not a real musician. No. I have had times in my life where I was grounded and when I learned how to sing. And I got to be honest with you, no one told me. I mean, people told me, but I wasn't doing it because they told me. I had read about it in the Bible, but I got literally down on my face in dirty carpet and began to sing by myself. By myself. I didn't know. I gave up on instruments. He gave me piano lessons when I was a little kid. My teacher was horrible. I quit I did, just because I didn't like her. And the same thing happened with the trumpet. It's like, ugh. I tried the drums, but I couldn't get to a drum set. That was no fun. It had nothing to do with music. As I saw in the Bible, when you feel grounded, it's time to sing. It's time to sing. Singing does something for you that other things can't. You know that your brain is constantly taking in information? Your eyes, your nose, your ears. And your brain actually has to learn how to tune things out. Are you aware of that? Because otherwise you just go crazy. You can't process everything that you're hearing. See, I don't even know how ladies do it. They It's like, I can't do that, right? <laughs> Your brain is constantly having to learn how to tune things out. Here, Josh. Oh, Val, I'm sorry, he's in there. You got it? Can you grab it real quick? Where is it? To Daniel? Okay. Now, what do you have to do when someone throws you a ball if you don't want to get hit? I've got to focus. I can't be thinking about what I'm smelling, what I'm hearing. If I want to catch the ball, I got to think about it. I got to focus, right? I got to be, pay attention. My focus is, it's that now becomes more important than if Rebecca's baking brownies in the other room or I'm hearing my, you know, right? It, boom, it's focus. It's more important. When you sing, you, you start to bring a focus to your spirit. So that's why sometimes singing something with different words all the way through is really good for you. And sometimes singing something with repetition is really good for you. Because we're all distracted. 
right? We need to come to a state of being focused. Over and over and over in the scriptures, we have stories that back up this story. God comes through. God brings about a miracle, right? I have to come. Let's see if this will come back to life for me. I have to come to a place where my focus is that God is greater than what I see or what I feel. We don't believe in a kind of Christianity where you ignore what you see or what you feel. But do you believe that God is greater than what you see or what you feel? And if I start to sing my praise to Him, even when I'm grounded, even when I'm delayed, even when I am not healed, even when I am accused, even when I am pushed back, even when I am restricted, if I can bring myself to focus on the truth that God is greater than what I see, He is greater than what I feel, then I am changed. Do you realize that when you are changed, your circumstances are changed? Everything around you starts to change. Because, and I don't want to get too spooky with this, but, but this is true, especially among humans interacting with humans, right? When I am changed... When I'm in a place of doing good, it benefits you, right? Because <laughs> you're here listening to me, right? When you're in your home with your family and friends, when you are doing good, it affects them. When my focus is on the truth that God is greater than what I see and what I feel, I am changed. When I am changed, everyone around me can detect it. Right? And when they can detect it, it changes them and how they see me. And when it changes how they see me, then it changes how they interact with me. You know, Gandhi is famous for saying, be the change you want to see. When I am changed, it changes my circumstances. Life is 10% what? What happens to you, 90% how you respond, right? It's one thing that our friends at Center for Urban Families do so good at teaching. Life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond. Do I respond by singing? God is greater than. You see... When you declare and describe, you will be repaired and revived. When you declare and describe, you will be repaired and revived. Come on, say it with me. When you declare and describe, you will be repaired and revived. Come on, this will help you. When you declare and describe, you'll be repaired and revived. Right? Something changes inside of you. Let's go to Psalm 22. 
Somebody say this is good. Don't be lying in church. Come on. Psalm 22. Now we've spent some time here before. This is the psalm that's a bummer before Psalm 23. Psalm 22. Just going to read the first three verses. And I would encourage you to really dig into Psalm 23, but also to do it by reading Psalm 22 first, all of it. Because it will help you realize that God is not blind to how difficult your life may be. Okay? Nor is He wanting you to be in denial. Okay, Psalm 22, verses 1 through 3. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Now, we don't know if Paul and Silas didn't start this way. We don't know, right? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Does that sound familiar? Did Jesus say that, right? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Yet, if you look for it in Psalms, in Ecclesiastes, in Lamentations, those sections of the Bible that sing the blues... Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Lamentations, there is almost always a yet, a but. Right? Right. Yet, you are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. Or some translations will say, you inhabit the praises of your people. Now, praise. What, 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 what What is praise, right? It is a song. It is thanksgiving. It is you realize that not the angels nor I can sing your thanksgiving. You realize that? Only you can thank God for your salvation. The Bible refers to this. The angels can't sing the song of the redeemed. There's something that when you don't sing, God is not hearing. Hello? It's a, it's a thanksgiving. It's a... Speaking it out. It's singing it out. It's living my life that way. Romans 12. It's an act of public praise. I'm making a public... That's one reason why God wants us to come to church weekly. Yeah, I said it. Let's sit down with the Bible and talk about that. One reason why God wants us to come to church weekly is because we need it. We need to have a recurring someone else going cheer you on. Hercules, Hercules, come on, you can do it. Sing the praise of God from you. Y'all need me encouraging you to sing your praise to God. Some of y'all need to show up on time so you can do it, but that's another story, right? So we, you need to sing the praise of God, right? You, it's a, it benefits you. It changes you from the inside. Now, enthroned, inhabit. What is this word? He's saying, yet you are holy and you come and sit down when your people praise you. He's saying, you come and make yourself at home. 
You set up your home office. You, you come and you, 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 you turn this house into a home. That's what he's writing. He's saying, God, why have you abandoned me? My life is terrible. You're not responding to me. I cry out to you in the middle of the night and I feel like you don't answer me. And yet I believe. That's what this says. Are you reading it? And yet I believe that you're holy and that you inhabit my praise of you. That when I sing to you, you are there. I mentioned this before, but neither of our kids have slept through the night good when they were little kids. One thing that we do at night after kind of normal praying, singing different things, is we sit down with them. And we sit in the room for a while. Especially when they're little, until they're asleep. Hold their hand. And maybe the most tender thing that I do as a father, I make my home next to their bed. Do you know that no matter what's going on in your life, when you praise God, He makes His home with you? That's what it says. The presence of God is the game changer. When God's with you, everything's different. Hello? When God's with you, everything is different. And let's just, I mean, for the sake of good theology, God's everywhere, right? God's omnipresent. He's everywhere. What's not always the case is our awareness of his presence. One of the things that Jabez prayed, one of the things that's even included in the thoughts that Jesus gave his disciples on how to pray is, God, help me be more aware of your presence. Even the boys of Duck Dynasty will pray around the dinner dinner table. God, help us to love you more. Help me to be more aware of your presence. When I am singing the praise of God, my focus is on Him. Nothing else, right? God is greater than anything else in my life. And I mean, this works too when you're at the mountaintop experience. Your life is going fantastic. Everything is amazing. Which is kind of how I feel today because we're doing water baptisms tonight. I'm like all happy and excited and jumping around and realizing I can't play guitar and jump. I'm not good at that yet. right? You know, It's like I'm all happy and feeling excited. But you know, whether you're at the mountaintop or where you're in the valley of the shadow of death, there is always a great benefit Right? Because when you're in the mountaintop, you need to be reminded it's not about you. You need some caution and not be full of yourself. Right? God is greater than everything else. Whatever I see, whatever I feel. Right? 
So yeah, congratulations to Naya and Chris. Got new jobs. It's fantastic, right? You love seeing answers to prayer. When you go into a new job, it's helpful to remember who got you there, who gave you the power to earn wealth, to quote the scripture. When you're facing a diagnosis you can't understand, when things are difficult, when you're accused, when you are grounded, who is greater than? Right? I... It would be a lot easier for us to do church if we didn't care what you got out of it. Can I say that? It would be a lot easier if all I cared about is just delivering what I thought was a good talk. The songs that I liked. Do you know that we play songs I don't really like? (laughs) If we just did church the way that I liked... I probably wouldn't be on Sunday morning. <laughs> Everything that we do when we get together in small groups and homes and when we get together on Sunday mornings is from stuff that we've learned from the Bible and how that informs our decision-making process. Doing communion every week, doing prayer every week, we skipped, Chris was supposed to share part of his story today. I apologize, I, I skipped Chris. Sharing story every week, except today. We do because I care about if you're getting anything out of this or not. We believe that prayer is for everyone. We believe that your relationship is with God and that your connection with Jesus must be very personal. That's why we do prayer and communion the way that we do. And I want to do something totally different right now. This talk today 